everyone. Welcome back to Comic Book Deserve Better. Uh, this is Brian uh, taking the uh, the captain's ship, captain's helm on this ship today. And um, and I am also joined, as always, by Darcy. How are you doing? Just fine. <laughs> and um, we do have a special guest as well. Uh, that would be Carrie. Hi, I'm Hi. Carrie. <laughs> and um so um we um as as you if you listened to the last episode or saw any of our social medias uh we had um logan decided to take a step back and uh not host on the show you know he'll he's welcome to come back for um guest hosts and guest star um cameos whenever he wants to but uh right now you know we're just kind of um gonna be going most me and darcy plus guest star sometimes just me and darcy going forward for the time being um now uh i hope everyone had a good time off it's I'm sure everyone had stress levels went up a lot during the last couple of weeks. And I hope, and by the time we're recording this before we, uh, before the 20th, before Wednesday. Uh, so, if, um, and this will probably come out after Wednesday. So I we hope that everything is still standing and everything's good for everybody. Um, but how are you guys? Do you guys have a good time off? I did. I mean, I did personally, me, myself, and I kind of personally. I read, I, you know, hung out, I ate some food. Uh, but outside of me personally, obviously the world fell apart and was a terrible place. So, you know, ups and downs. Yep. And that's one of the good things about comics is to kind of help compensate for the crappiness sometimes that happens. <laughs> um, and Carrie? Um, yeah, I actually had a decent break from everything. This obviously I wasn't part of the podcast at any point before this. So, yeah. um, but I was off from my job for a while. Uh, shout out to all the uh, people who work in education because we do get a really nice uh, winter break. But um, yeah, of course, when we're talking about the actual state of humanity, it's very gut wrenching and very um, and very disturbing. So. I think that there's been a lot of um, reasons to not have joy, you know, to kind of sound kind of new agey or whatever, but um, at the same time, it's nice to have things that we can kind of like dive into and forget about like the real state of the world. So happy to be here and happy to talk about comics with you guys. Well, thank you very much. Happy to have you here. Also, uh, for everyone listening, uh, if, if you don't already know, if you don't already know us, uh, full disclosure, Carrie is actually uh, my my wife. <laughs> so, and full disclosure, I'm not that into comics. I'm learning, so <laughs> this is going to be a really awesome episode. I'd like to think that I'm the everyman when it comes to comics. Mm -hmm. So, and also setting the bar extremely low for any guest hosts you have because now anybody coming after me is just gonna be doing really well and is gonna be loving everything. So I'm excited. Uh, I will learn a lot and I will share what uh, opinions I do have. Sure, you're it's fine. always nice to bring on somebody new. Yeah, <laughs> expand, expand it, expand uh, comic fandom, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, and so, okay, well, uh, we're gonna get on uh, with the, the regular show then uh, right now. And of course, we're starting as always with news. Um, there is 
I have actually a few news bits. We're going to go over them kind of fast, uh, just so that I don't inundate everybody with all this information. And I'm going to turn off the sound on my phone. And let's see. Okay, so uh, to start, um, Vanessa Flores, uh, she has sold her debut graphic novel, Monrivi, for six figures, uh, to um, which is a story about um, a 12-year-old uh, kid named Angel as he, as he navigates the aftermath of a hurricane that isolates him and his neighbors from the rest of Puerto Rico uh, while struggling to manage his relationships with his abuela and uh, spirits that surround them. Um, the art looks great um and and i love supernatural stuff i love um kind of uh, almost uh, biographical stories so it sounds like a good like a, a good a good time actually the art looks really interesting and yeah i think the story does sound really good i like you said supernatural stuff really freaking interesting so i think it's a good choice uh, totally and it is um the the it looks like the, the company is is called Nancy Mercado. I've actually never heard hmm. of Me that. Either. And okay, um, all right. Next, uh, kind of another um, another preview coming out. Um, there is a book called Black's Myth coming out. That's Black's with an apostrophe and then myth uh, as in mythological um, from Ahoy. Uh, the reason why this hit my radar uh, is um, that the main character is named Janie Jones Strummer Mercado. And uh, Janie Jones is a clash song and Strummer, obviously Joe Strummer, you know, so I, uh, um, that instantly made me as a clash fan excited and happy. Um, <laughs> but the book itself, it looks really good too. It's uh, written by Eric Palicki um, and artist is uh, Wendell Cavill. Conti um, so and um, and then also we'll have covers by uh, Lianas Kangas I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anything here uh, it is um, these are the same people who did Atlantis uh, wasn't built for tourists uh, it is um, oh, you know kind of one of the the main Ahoy books that are, that's coming out right now or will be coming out there I think they're kind of uh, minimizing how much they're releasing but they're kind of focusing on quality what do you you guys have heard about this or do you guys see anything about i haven't and i don't really necessarily have an opinion i don't know <laughs> no, no worries carrie same off, off quiet, yeah. no, no worries <laughs> all right i i think this might be brian this time as well <laughs> i i, I kind of think so so i apologize um speaking of brian news time um there um there was a book a, a graphic novel that came out i think last year maybe the year before called paul is dead and it was a speculative fiction about um the 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 rumor of paul mccartney of the beatles dying in 1966 and the rest of the beatles figuring out what they need to do to move on and as well as finding a replacement for him that looks exactly like him um and this is basically the story that was the story of essentially if that did happen um the conspiracy theory was true and and, and what kind of everyone went, went through um the um there's going to be a follow-up to that uh it's called uh jim is alive or jim sorry jim lives the mystery of the leasing of the doors and the 27 club so um and it's basically it's about jim morrison and mm -hmm. um he famously died uh at uh, the age of 27 um in france um kind of um mysteriously 
a lot of people questioned whether or not he did die because the only people who saw him saw his dead body were his girlfriend, long-term girlfriend, and his and his friend who also happened to be a coroner. And so, and, uh, but, um, and so the story is basically he fakes his death and what happens afterwards. Um, and it also kind of sounds like it'll be diving into the 27 Club. Do you guys know what the 27 Club is by any chance? Yes, it's the fact that a hell shit ton of musicians died at 27 yeah Janis Joplin's one of them yeah Janis Joplin um wasn't Amy Winehouse Amy Winehouse um, Kurt Cobain Jimmy uh Jimi Hendrix I mean it the list of talent goes on I actually really appreciate these books that are coming out because I as a historian I do like kind of like that um what is it the revisionist history and I like conspiracy theories without jumping uh, too far down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. So and I like that kind of alternate world mythos. So I think all of that's very, um, it's just very interesting for someone, again, like me, who's on the periphery of comics. It's a nice way to grab somebody to get them to read something, because I think that's actually really cool. No, d- definitely. And I kind of like it, too, because just like Paula said, I have my personal opinions about Jim Morrison's death and it gives me an excuse to to bloviate about them which I won't do right now um, the all right and okay and last piece of news is kind of a big one uh the McDuffie award finalists for 2020 have been announced uh named after Dwayne McDuffie who tragically passed away early in his life in 2011 uh, his Compa Company Milestone Comics was the first successful Compa Company started by a person of color. Um, he did tremendous work um, for for DC and the, and Warner Brothers for the animated stuff. Essentially, if you're a fan of like Superman, Justice League, all those cartoons from from the early 2000s, late 90s, you're you're a Joey McDuffie fan. <laughs> And so um, these McDuffie Awards um, kind of celebrate the. Uh, diversity in comics kind of uh to try to um to you know basically get uh you know names and and stories out there uh the the finalists for this year uh have been announced and uh that would be the first one is uh george decay's they called us enemies which i haven't read yet but i've heard many great things i think it won a eisner last year as well it's written by george decay from from uh, Star Trek. And um, next is um, Excellence by Brandon Thomas and Carrie Randolph, which I have read and it's fantastic. It is a great, like, magical fantasy story. Uh, I definitely recommend everyone picking that up. We might actually cover that in the near future on this show. Um, from uh, Truth with Truth, um, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Actually, no, I didn't. From Truth with Truth uh, by uh, Lawrence Lindell. Uh, I've not read that at all. Um, and Angola Jenga, uh, I kind of looked up that up um, recently, and that's the story of the, um, basically it was a, a nation that was started in current day Brazil in the uh, 1600s by runaway slaves. And it was like a, uh, it was basically society that was, that was started um, to, to basically kind of help people get free and stay free. 
and uh, the last one is in Iyanu, uh, Child of Wonder, uh, written by Royo Coupe and illustrated by Godwin Akpan. Uh, that one I don't know much about either, um, but it all sounds and looks pretty good. Um, you guys familiar with any of those titles or? Nope, I don't think I read any of them. Yeah, I. Uh, so I had heard of the Takei one, obviously. It was quite famous, but I, I don't think I read any of them last year. Well, uh, definitely, this is a good list to to go off of, and I definitely am going to read the ones I haven't read yet, personally. But okay, well, that is the news. I hope that everyone enjoyed it, and if you have any questions or anything, let us know via social medias. Um, let's get into the next part of the story here or the podcast uh that would be our quick hits um darcy uh would you like to go first um sure to be a little bit complicated uh while we were off break a booktuber that i really enjoy happened to post a very good uh youtube video that I definitely suggest everybody go and watch. Uh, her name is The Artisan Geek, and it's about uh, shoujo manga. And the actual video is about the female uh, revolution of shoujo manga. And so I feel kind of bad that out of this, I kind of uh, pulled a man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Osamu Tezuka uh, is one of like the original kind of grandfather of manga period. Uh, he, you know him, you may not know you know him, but you definitely know him. Uh, he's responsible for Kimba the White Lion. He's responsible for Buddha. He's responsible, not Buddha, the Buddha, but uh, the manga Buddha. <laughs> yes. uh, he's responsible for uh, Astro Boy. Uh, for Shoujo, he's responsible for Princess Knight. Um, and for this case, uh, one of the manga I had not read from him is... Uh, this really fantastic, he, he wrote some adult manga that people are really less familiar with uh, called The Book of Human Insects. And it is kind of horrific. <laughs> All of his adult manga is really, um, I don't mean like adult as in like erotic, though it has some erotic elements. I mean like manga for adults. Uh, all of his adult manga has this, it's all very, it's like, post-war World War II meaning post-war Japan very kind of like the world is this horrible horrible place and people are doing horrible horrible things he's got a couple of them that I really really recommend uh, MW I had read before uh, I think it's called a Yako or something like that very good very terrible people doing very terrible things during this kind of really awful period in, in history. But this one really, I, I hadn't read before and it really got to me. It's about a woman named uh, Toshiko. Everybody kind of is really fascinated by her because she's kind of like this Renaissance woman type character where she's good at everything. She's 
been famous in the past because she was a uh, theatrical star and she's now in the beginning very famous because she's written this story and everybody's just captivated she's this it's her first book and it's amazing and it's the best thing anybody's ever read and she goes on to be very good at all these other things but you find out that she's stealing her talents from people she's kind of a mimic um she's to some extent, yes, yeah, she's plagiarizing, but it's more than plagiarizing. Like she takes the way these people do their skills. Like when she's acting, she's taking the way these people act. She's mimicking. Um, and she's just this horrible, terrible, almost like conscienceless person. Um, and, oh, she's just this fabulous, like, femme fatale characters are not unique like she's not a unique necessarily character like there are evil women they exist in literature so it's not like the first time I've read an evil woman character who's like sexually liberated kind of thing but there's something about her that was just so horrifically creepy and there's also something that's really interesting about this art because I did know him from his child from his children's comics i had read other adult manga from him before too but there was so much more childlike characterization in the one so there's this real dichotomy between his figures like his faces being almost like shoujo which is girls manga and um shonen which is boys manga like children's manga and this adult context of murders and suicides and sexuality and horrible things happening to people and characters getting abortions and forced marriages and all of these horrible things happening to people when they're trying to live these lives that they don't necessarily want to live. And this makes it sound like it's a horrible, terrible book. And it is kind of, it's a, it's a horrible, terrible plot, but you're constantly captivated by this life that Toshiko's living because it's a life that she's choosing to live. She chooses to change professions. She chooses to be the best she is every time. And every time she chooses to change professions, she leaves behind her someone that she's broken completely. It's incredible. And the art is so fantastically captivating I don't know it's you can't want to read it if you aren't okay with looking and reading horrible things because it is a horrible thing but if you're okay with that <laughs> it's a really captivating and interesting story and I really recommend it can I ask a question about it go for it so when um when she's entering these people's lives is it in a supernatural way or does she like, you know, like put herself in a position to where they befriend her and then she slowly takes something over? Like, I'm really interested in that part because I think that sounds very, very interesting. There's no supernatural element at all. It's all psychological. She becomes awesome. their friend 
or she like one of them she convinces to marry her because he's also a horrible person and so she's like we're both horrible people let's get married and be horrible people together um and so they sign a marriage contract or she convinces them to fall in love with her or she convinces them we're both really talented people let's be talented people together and we can you know you can use my talent and I can use your talent but then she just like consumes their talent kind of thing it's it's I mean she's horrible but it's fabulous it sounds really good actually it does it sounds very good yeah, yeah. horrible people it are definitely interesting people as well yeah and it's it's one of those things where it's like it it doesn't sound like today obviously i i bitched about dc all the time and i've got i'm so tired of the joker is like horrible people being interesting is something that's really really common in storytelling right now but you know this was like the 1970s and it wasn't necessarily the only thing we were doing in the 1970s there was some of it like you know there were movies about horrible people and it was a thing in the 70s like it was a thing they did it a lot but at the same time like this is really the way it's drawn and the way it's told it's really freaking awful and some of the like mw another one he did is really freaking awful and i kind of love it like dc wishes it was doing this shit with the joker yeah and, and see the thing is is that a lot of the the dc anti-hero stuff and it's just like mainstream mainstream not even just comics anti-hero stuff is very surface and this oh, this surface. this does not sound like a surface Story. This sounds, you know, and that's what makes it interesting and intriguing. It's not because the person's bad or doing bad things. It's because you want to know what their motivations are, what they are as a person. Like, are they truly 100% just dying the wool evil, or is there good intentions to this, or are they just selfish, or what is it? You know, so it's, that well, it's that tragedy study. of their awfulness. Yeah, it's very much, yeah, very much a character study here. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that does sound Sounds very good. cool i and i and and so and it's an appropriate name of the collection the book of human insects because i definitely kind of got the mantis kind of feel of, of of that story you were describing you know yeah and that comes from uh tezuka was a crazy like fan of insects like he really loved insects it's like I, we'll kind of talk about more of it maybe later but like the whole reason, <laughs> the whole reason in shoujo manga, like male to female, like characterizations exist so frequently as a trope is because Tezuka was one of the first people writing manga and he loved hermaphroditic insects. And so he loved the idea of having like androgyny and male to female characters because he loved that in insects very he cool was an yeah insect fanatic so the origins of like sailor moon comes all the way from from insects and tezuka from insects yeah yeah pretty okay. much very cool all right okay so carrie uh do you want to go next um yeah mine seems very sur uh <laughs> very light compared to what Darcy just said um so uh, again I'm a I am very new to comics in the sense that um I've tried 
Brian and I are going to be married for 15 years this year. I've tried basically for 15 and a half years to get into comics and I've read Yay. a lot of manga and um, those types of things. But like, as far as like the formatting of comics that we're used to here, I have a very hard time. So I do love web comics though. And so um, I've just been an avid fan of uh, Sarah's Scribbles by Sarah Anderson. Yay! I think they're I think they're like a slice of life. I think they're very poignant at times. Um, her art style is I know have you guys have covered Fangs before on here, right? Yeah, we we did cover yeah. Fangs. So I just think that she has a broad scope of talent, and I love um, her little crazy her little crazy person that she draws and that person's friends and all of their little adventures together so um sarah scribbles everybody follow her she's pretty amazing and i wish she would do cons if we're ever allowed to interact with humans again um i wish she did cons here in the states because i i get the vibe that she lives not in the states and because she's always at a spanish comic-con which I find very interesting. That's the only one she ever does. So I'm very curious as to know what, uh, where she's at and if she'll ever come to California because I won't fly. So if she can come to me, that would be great. I'd love to meet her one day. Yeah. No. If I can drive to her, I'll, I'll do it for sure. So yeah. We have a Sarah's support. We have a Sarah Scribbles uh, comic on our bulletin board in our room of baby talk and very relatable so yeah definitely yeah she's she's awesome she's really good she is awesome i totally agree yeah no totally all right well um i am bringing a um a kickstarter book to the table here for the quick hits um actually uh our last uh, guest that we had um Rebecca mentioned it as well. Um, it is called Indexed. Uh, it's I-N-D-X-E-D. I read it over the break. Um, it is a very beautiful, beautifully illustrated book. Um, it is, and, and it's a great story. Um, I'll get into basically the, the creators here. It's uh, Fraser Campbell was the writer. Uh, Lucy Sullivan is the artist. Uh, Hassan Otsame Elahu it, uh, did uh, the color work, which was fantastic, by the way. Um, and the title itself, which is pretty clever. It's like a, in, it's kind of a, like an index card slash uh, like a file, like a manila folder um, was designed by Alistair Wood. And so just want to give credit to all of them. Um, it's essentially the story is kind of like a, like a, a, a post um, modern um, kind of like a, a society where it is uh, definitely very controlled by the author, whoever the authority and the government is in, in this, in this story, kind of like a, you can definitely get kind of a 1984 brave new world kind of feel to it. Uh, and essentially what happens is there's certain humans um, or citizens of this society that get chosen that are basically kicked out of society. And they're marked with this uh, kind of a red circle around their eye. And, uh, and, and everyone is told that they cannot um, talk to these people. They cannot uh, interact in any way. Like they have to basically pretend these people don't exist um, or they themselves will be indexed and uh, kicked out of society. Um, this one person wakes up in the morning, uh, looks in the mirror and all of a sudden realizes that she has a red circle around her eye and 
comes downstairs and finally starts talking to her, looks over to her, realizes she's been indexed and stops talking to her. So she then has to kind of find a place where these other indexed people are. There's this like these like uh, hat and cloaked like government agents that are following her, kind of seeing what she where she's going, what she's doing. Uh, it's, it's it's kind of it has, it's very interesting kind of like like you know like government society has fallen kind of story um, with a kind of a technological feel to it as well. Um, like I said originally, the art is is great. It's very scratchy. It's very like visceral, um, and but at the same time, the faces are very expressive. Uh, it's just it's it's a fun good read. It's just one one floppy right now. Hopefully. Uh, if it's popular enough for them to kind of continue the story in this universe, but uh, definitely recommend. Yeah, that's kind of, you know, that whole, I can't even, I shouldn't even say it. What's the meme everybody is doing right now? Oh, it's 1984, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. It's very it, fitting for the times. Yeah, it is definitely, this is, this definitely is, uh, it's, it's very, definitely when i read it it was it was uh in the beginning of the year and uh it definitely gave me vibes and if i probably read it after last week then it probably would even give me more vibes of of just <laughs> society gone wrong uh, society <laughs> gone wrong <laughs> the world so, is burning do you think yes. that there's going to be <laughs> do you think that there's going to be an uptick in the reading of science fiction because now the lines are kind of blurred for a lot of people and we don't know what's real anymore or the ground's unstable. I could see that um, definitely because I mean, um, like during the Vietnam War, um, there was a major rate rise in sci-fi and, and like kind of questions of, of like what is, are the people in, in the people that are supposed to be taking care of us, are they actually taking care of us or do they just don't give a shit, you know? So I think we're kind of I don't in know. It's, same oh, field. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. It's already so high. I, I think the last like 10 or so years, it's already so popular. Like The Handmaid's Tale has been on TV for years now. Like it, it's already so popular. I don't know how much of an uptick it could take. Westworld's yeah, a no, thing already. People already, I mean, already don't trust. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, um, the school that I go to uh, actually has a, an, a genre class that's called liter uh, the literature of science fiction. And I took it probably in 20, no, that was too far away, like 2019. And it, every time it's offered now, it just, it fills up within minutes. And I think it's just one of those things where it's like me, you know, it's a nice intro, like getting into the different authors, but at the same time, it, it feels more relevant. Like I knew at the, at that time, it felt really relevant to me when I started reading it. I was like, oh, this feels like what we're living during this particular presidential term. So it was kind of, nice to also have those thoughts echoed by other people no definitely and that's like the main purpose of sci-fi you know it's like everyone knows it's kind of like to take you know try to try to deal with with reality using fantasy essentially you know like 
you know, like, you know, it's easier to, to talk about, you know, segregation and, and slavery and oppression if it's aliens and robots instead of, you know, humans doing it to humans. And hopefully people will get the analogies, but sometimes, and a lot of times they don't. So <laughs> it all continues. Most of the times they don't, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're the well, ones asking for pardons, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we're just getting along now, right? Now that we're not in control, you know, we should all just be friends. Uh -huh. Hey. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, um, speaking um, earlier about uh, manga and sojo, shojo, we actually um, we have a first for this uh, for this podcast. Um, our main course, uh, as we're going to get into right now, is a uh, shoujo manga, uh, first manga ever, um, and, uh, at least as a main course, um, and that is uh, Princess Jellyfish by Akiko Higashimura, and it is uh, produced by uh, Kondansha Comics, at least in, in, in America, in, in the West it is, at least. <laughs> um, this was Darcy's Choice. Darcy, uh, would you like to let us know uh, why he had chose this comic for us to read as well as kind of give us a, a little bit of a plot to it? Okay. Um, basically, I kind of thought, it kind of, like you said, I felt it was kind of time we did a manga because we'd done a lot of stuff and maybe we should do a manga. Um, and there's only 12 trillion manga to choose from. What should we do? Uh, I thought something light, uh, and this is pretty darn light, but covers a lot of uh, a lot of kind of really general tropes. Uh, so it's also it was incredibly popular for a while, just incredibly popular, and it's fun. Um, and I didn't know it at the time I picked it, uh, but after the couple of weeks we had, it's also just kind of some nonsense that isn't very serious and kind of something that can take your brain off some stuff. So if you've had a hard couple of weeks, which I think we all kind of have, uh, this isn't much of a hard social thing you have to think about very much. It's just kind of a silly story. So, on plot on what Princess Jellyfish is, Princess Jellyfish is a Jose manga, uh, which is kind of a slightly older shoujo manga, like okay. if you were to think about it. Uh, to gender, uh, manga is kind of labeled in a gendered way uh, because of historically it was gendered, like back in the 50s when uh, Tezuka was back there being the grandfather of comics uh it was labeled shonen for quote-unquote boys comics and shoujo for quote-unquote girls comics but there are older versions of that uh the comic i just talked about uh that is i just forgot the name of the comic i just talked about oh my gosh uh was for, was uh seinen uh older boys comics this uh princess jellyfish's jose or older girls comics and so basically the only difference you kind of get in this is that you might have some more sexual elements to it 
it, it kind of becomes actually kind of sex is like one of the things you almost automatically get when you upgrade. <laughs> uh, it, it becomes more like a sinon almost always is kind of sex and violence. Jose is generally sex and relationships. It's kind of a good rule of thumb. It's not always, not every time, but it's kind of a good rule of thumb. It's way, way, way simplifying the factor, but if you don't want me to talk to you for a long period of time, that's a simplification. Princess Jellyfish is kind of a really good emblematic uh, uh, selection of this. It's basically a daytime soap opera uh, of a manga. It has a lot of what the original manga, shoujo manga, kind of was. It's got a lot of those original tropes. You've got characters who have very tropey uh, feelings. You've got, thank you, thank you, a character who uh, cross-dresses. In this case, uh, Kuroko just uh, cross-dresses. He's not gender bending, but he is cross-dressing. Um, you have characters who are really, really obsessed with something. Uh, these are otaku characters, uh, which are very common in manga. And these characters sort of come together and have sort of miscommunications. They have uh, romances that are do one person love another person what's going on here and it just makes for really good drama and really good comedy um the art in this manga is very throughout the period when it's written it started in 2008 it finished in 2017 uh the art in it um is very kind of flowy the point of the story is our main character, uh, Sukimi, is obsessed with jellyfish. And so a lot of the art is sort of very aquatic, very flowy. And she is, she has this memory of her mother telling her when she was a little girl, when you grow up, I'm going to make you a wedding dress that looks like the kind of fronds of a jellyfish. Her mom dies when she's a little girl and she grows up to be what she feels is ugly. And she's got kind of like, oh, she's socially awkward and she doesn't like to be around people. Specifically, she's very afraid of men. So she moves into a house that is only women. And all of the women in this house are also very socially awkward, also very uh, what society would deem to be very not attractive. Um, and they are all very obsessed with individually different things. And then one day when Tsukimi is visiting her favorite jellyfish at the jellyfish store, uh, she is trying to tell off this man at the jellyfish store that he is killing one of these jellyfish, um, but doing a very bad job because he's a man and he's attractive and she can't really talk to him very well. Uh, this beautiful woman comes to her rescue, but it's not a beautiful woman. It's 
uh, Kuranosuke and he's just dressed up like a woman because he likes to wear women's clothes. Uh, it's just a thing he likes to do. It's his hobby. And this kind of is the beginning of our story. The story goes on to do a whole lot of other things. It gets very much into real estate. Their house that they live in is going to be sold. There's this whole plot line that has to do with politics because Kuranosuke's family is related to the prime minister and it gets kind of complicated the further it goes on. But uh, a lot of the plot that most people are most interested in is kind of the relationship between Tsukimi and Kuranosuke and Tsukimi and Kuranosuke's uh, brother, Shu. And Carrie, what, uh, what, what did you think about the book? Um, I loved the artwork. I thought the artwork was phenomenal. Um, I cried a couple of times because I oh. don't do well with um, death of a loved one in any yes. form of media. Um, so that was actually really, really hard for me. But I thought um, my favorite part of the story was Clara, the little jellyfish. Um, I didn't yes. like a lot of, <laughs> I, I didn't actually like a lot of the um, portrayals of the characters. I understand that um, it's written in a different time and with um, d uh, maybe different ways that we describe people. And I understand that there's mm. definitely a um, lost in translation type of vibe between the words mm. that um, are used in Japanese versus how they're explained to somebody who speaks English. But mm. um, some of that made me like made me feel uncomfortable as I was reading it. And um, right. I just because again, that might just be me not understanding the context of it. But I know some of it is problematic very much. Okay. So. <laughs> okay, good. That wasn't just me. Um, yeah. I, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I really, um, I think the um the two main characters uh Kurenosuke and uh I'm gonna butcher the the girl's name Tsukimi Tsukimi yeah thank you um she I think they're both very vulnerable and very <laughs> broken in a way both of them for their own reasons that you learn as you read so I thought the way that they're portrayed and kind of how their um relationship flows was very nice um like nicely done and I liked them. I literally wanted to kick Shu in the balls. I thought he was awful. <laughs> and I, again, it's just the portrayal of the women in the household and some of the mm -hmm. words that are used. And it's, and maybe because now, like in 2021, as a society, we're so trying harder, at least the majority of us are trying harder to be aware of our words and mm -hmm. how we identify, like how we self-identify and how others identify. And we're trying to be more, um, you know, just more aware and empathetic to that, that the way that these women characters are kind of played for whatever effects that they're getting played for. I was, I was borderline upset because I just didn't like it. I was like, okay, this is, it's a cute um, coming of age story, but you know, it's just some of the things that are said, some of the words. And again, the, if you, if anybody picks up Princess Jellyfish, I have a hard copy and um, I got this like off of Amazon because Barnes Noble was going to take forever for me to get, but like it gives a nice little um, translation notes in the back. Mm 
And I think the um, digital version did as well. Yes, it does. And it explains it does. everything and it tries to explain the context, which is great. But again, when you're reading these, these translation notes, it's still problematic in the sense that you're like, but they're more than their obsession. They're more than their gender identity. They're more, these these characters, I feel like, are getting super diluted down to just being played off as the one who's obsessed with kimonos, as the one with the Afro hair. I mean, again, it's just those things where I'm like, it's a very nice story, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to read the rest. I'll, I'll read the other issues in the volumes because I'm very curious to see. I think I kind of know where part of it's going. I, I, I don't, but it, again, it's just some of the wording is problematic. And for anybody who um, does not like situations where you that elicit super deep emotions, like I try to tend, like I tend to go for things that are really light. And in Darcy's mind, this was very light. And I really appreciate that for someone. To me, like, it is. Yes. <laughs> for, me, like, for someone like me, it's not. Um, only because, again, um, <laughs> like I, I have a lot of, um, I guess, triggering things when it comes to like, fa like familial death or things mm. like that. And um, like, it's, you can ask Brian what happened to me when I watched um, the Miles Morales Spider-Man movie into the Spider-Verse. Mm. I mean, I, I lost it. So it's one of those things where, again, if you have um, problems with uh, a close family member passing away, it's, it's not, it's a prevalent topic only because Tsukimi mentions her mother a lot and the times that it yeah. does the flashbacks, it's to me was quite painful. Um, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I can see that. I think I just, it didn't occur to me because she does it so much. I stopped. It stopped affecting me so oh, much. Okay. So I apologize for that. I probably no, no, should have. No, no. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> not even. <laughs> it's no, nothing offensive. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, in fact, there's what's the scene? It's the scene where, like, spoiler alert. They're, it's a flashback to when they're at the beach. Mm, yes, when when they're uh, when she's cooking uh, sweet potatoes and she's yes. looking for driftwood. Yes, and you see the mom collapse. Mm -hmm. Yes, cried, cried yeah. for a full yes. like two minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, that oh. that's a big one. <laughs> I got a little right now as well. Um, so, but it's it's really it, it it is good. It's entertaining and it and it is light and a lot of the the um, dialogue and in the plot and I liked how Darcy you akin it to a daytime soap opera because mm -hmm. I totally got that vibe it was like watching my mom's soaps with her when I was growing up and mm -hmm. days of our lives and all that stuff so yeah Fair. yeah very, very nice oh, totally. I think an interesting thing about it is like the amount of time it took to uh, write I guess, to create, to write and draw, uh, is when you talk about like the language we use and the way we talk about things is that it started in 2008 and it finished in 2017. And it's the same plot. They're the same characters. It's the same story. They don't stop being, you know, those, those 
same characters made up of those same character tropiness. But I think it's interesting how it ends. And I won't say how it ends since you do plan on reading it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's interesting if it had started and finished in 2008, which is longer ago than we care to think about, I think. Um, I, I think it might have finished differently. But considering that 2017 wasn't quite so long ago, I think she made choices that she might not have made if it, if it had finished 10 years ago versus gotcha. only three years ago. Mm-hmm. No, totally. And yeah, 2008 socially is ages ago, it feels. You know. Shockingly ages yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, we've mm-hmm. gone through a lot since 20, 2008 as, as, as people, as a society. So, you know, it's like yeah no totally um yeah i uh me me personally uh, i think i have the least amount of experience with with manga or manga um uh, between between all of us here um i am uh, actually i do have a lot of experience with anime but not not manga and Mm um and i i i too um i definitely enjoyed it it was a it was fun i i thought it was um you know, kind of, um, I might be between both of you guys when it comes to it being light and heavy. I would say it's kind of like middle of the road for me. Um, the, um, I, I do, I, I know that, you know, dealing with like kind of heavy, heavy themes and heavy situations um, is, is, is cathartic for some to, to read. Um, so, mm-hmm. so it definitely, it is painful, you know, like to, to, to read about someone, you know, you know, basically writing letters to, to, to their dead mother, um, because they really can't move on from, from that, um, tragedy in their life. However, reading it helps probably might help other people kind of, you know, figure out what they're doing in their life and trying to, you know, kind of move on and uh, make the best of what they can going forward. Um, the, um, um, I, I actually knew nothing about this book when I picked it up and started reading it. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised, um, when the reveal very early on that, uh, Karnoske was a guy. Um, I thought that was kind of fun. At first I had a little bit of trepidation, um, cause I was afraid that it was going to, you know, cause I know, especially like. Um, from playing like a lot of Japanese video games from like the '90s and 2000s, um, cross-dressing and homo, ho- you know, and like homosexuality, and it wasn't is not been dealt great in Japanese culture in like the early 2000s. Yeah. So I was kind of afraid of of that going down those tropes. Very happy that like yeah, people give him the side eye, but essentially it's like there's no there's no there's him dressing like a woman is not the joke and that's there's there's yeah. one bad line yeah quote unquote i'm normal was the, bad. Yes. Oh, yes. The Oka- yeah like oh uh, the, the okama and no i'm normal yeah like that yeah yeah that, and that's definitely bad prevalent yeah, prevalent definitely. of its time definitely but i mean but for the most part it's not like haha he's so stupid because he dresses like a girl like like why is he right why, yeah why is he like you know different than us um no and um i you know that's another thing too is that um definitely anyone who's reading this um be well aware that there is a glossary in the back of the book um i took to google the greatest thing ever to uh, to look up the words i didn't recognize um like fujoshi and okama and i got the google 
definitions of them of uh, aka what people you know wrote down what they what these things meant so i definitely got more of a harsher version of these terms um than what was explained in the back um so when i first read through it i i, I definitely had that problematic feel to it and then i after reading the the definitions that were provided by the 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 editors in the of the book, you know, kind of that are there with the finger on the pulse of what the story is about. It was less problematic, but definitely is still a subject of its time and its place of where where it's written. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally uh, I I did enjoy. It. I definitely want to read more as well. Um, actually, speaking of culture, I have a question just just out of my ignorance. Um, so, what is played for a joke is the obsessive type people in this book um you know they're very kind of like single-minded single like they're they're very paper thin kind of tropey characters uh and they're seen with a lot of disdain they have disdain for themselves they have disdain for other you know and people have disdain for them for not being you know beautiful princesses and being um kind of like the nerdy nerdy people in the world um now the, obviously since this book is about a group of girls living in a you know place together um that is the focus on this now are obsessive males kind of seen as with as much disdain in like japanese culture as obsessive females or gosh yes very much so 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 that's not a possibly possibly even more so (laughs) okay Uh, that's that's actually i want to say one of the interesting things is this is I'm possibly showing my own ignorance here. This isn't something you see a whole lot. Groups of really obsessive, like, otaku girls. Not that there aren't any. It's perfectly common. Usually the stereotype is nerdy, obsessive boys. Like, um, one one of the manga I mentioned earlier is uh, Inside... Uh, Mari was a manga I featured during uh, October. A horror manga had an otaku type boy, right? A a man who was kind of obsessed with video games and obsessed with one girl. That's a very standard trope. A a group of women that are obsessed with especially like these types of things that these women are obsessed with the dolls that's I think fairly common kimonos that's fairly common Uh, the things that they're obsessed with I think were very interesting Mm -hmm. the three kingdoms uh, one that's kind of like a a fairly interesting I want to say almost an older thing I've seen that somewhere before three kingdoms obsessiveness i've seen that somewhere in an anime or in a story before i've seen that like you see some of these things separately trains as an obsession is usually like a boys thing definitely like it's interesting the obsessions that are chosen for these women it's interesting the obsessions that are picked and put together um i we talked about this earlier like last year about boys love being one of the characters is a boy's love uh, manga ka who's stuck in that room and hates men the most. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. And there's a joke about that that happens in the last chapter that I cannot tell you if you're going to read it. It's the <laughs> biggest joke. And if, if you've read the manga, if you finished it, 
DM me personally or something <laughs> because let's laugh about it together. It's hilarious, but these two haven't finished it. They haven't read it. They don't know it, so they can't know the joke. Uh, but uh, Juwan's hilarious. It's great. It's something you and I know about and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm actually very intrigued because that was a, it's kind of a cool mystery character because you know they only respond via notes under the door and you never see them. In fact, Tsukimi's never seen. You never see them. Yeah. And and um and I also love the fact it's kind of that juxtaposition of like personality where the person who is doing something that would make them popular and make people seek them out is the person who can't it has so so much social anxiety they cannot even be with the people that they live with that they see would see every day if they came out of their room you know it's kind of a fun, very much so a fun little... i i found i i agree that like these things are all like really one note really awful kind of like personalities they hate each other they hate themselves kind of like terrible but i also found it really relatable yeah oh <laughs> yeah. definitely like oh yeah yeah a, a lot of this is like it's horrifically terrible did you read any of the backups yes um, i i did i don't know if carrie did i didn't no uh, yeah but like i'm the, too busy crying it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> understandable the, the thing i the thing i really like about manga first of all is the backups are usually hilarious uh and really really personal the manga often writes about their own life and like what they're doing then what they've done in the past uh akahiko writes like that uh she she was obsessed with jellyfish when she was very little so that's kind of like where this started okay and so akihiko was super obsessed with this olympic level runner and she's in high school and she's like it's 1992 so the only way she's got to do this we don't have the internet at this point in time i mean some people do but most people don't like normal people uh so she's taping these things off vhs off the television her friends when she can't do it her friends are taping it off vhs he luckily lives in the same prefecture she does so she knows that he is off like away training so she calls his team office and is like oh i'm this i'm a reporter for a newspaper <laughs> and she's got this little thing at the bottom she's like this is a crime don't do this <laughs> yeah. she's like i'm a reporter for a newspaper i want to do an interview for him uh when's he going to be back because she's got it in her head we live in the same prefecture i love him obviously we can get married right because she's a high school girl and we do these kind of things yeah <laughs> and it's the 90s early 90s so we're not afraid of this sort of shit yet so they're like oh <laughs> when's he gonna be back oh he's gonna be back on tuesday and she's like oh tuesday okay well uh when's he landing and they tell her because again 90s we're not afraid mm -hmm. of this shit yet uh, so she knows when he's coming back. She knows when he's landing. It's a small prefecture. There's only like one place he could be coming in. So she goes and she meets him there and she gets a picture with him. She gets his autograph. She like talks to him in a way that's like, I'm sure terrifying, but definitely <laughs> memorable. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so she's thinking in her head, now I can write him a letter and be like, remember that time when you met that girl? So she's made this connection <laughs> and she's like, and then we can get married. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Those are the steps to marriage. Definitely. <laughs> Stalk someone at the airport, write him a letter, get married. That's how, that's and how then, me and Carrie got married. And, <laughs> then, and then like a couple of days later, she shows up to school and one of her friends is like, did you hear he got married? And she's like, she just goes into a state of shock and just turns around and leaves. And everybody remembers it. And to this day, anytime she goes, like goes home and sees them, they remind her of it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> because it's like the most memorable thing. Remember that time you were super obsessed with this Olympian to the point where you called <laughs> out oh in an airport because you thought you were going to marry him. And then when you found out he got married, you left school. <laughs> The funny thing is, yeah. is when you just described that situation where she's being told that he got married, I felt the pain in my heart. Right. I was like, oh, I have right? done that. And I right? know what that feels like. Oh, man. Hormones. When, when I was reading it and it was like, because I was a high school girl and I thought obviously we were going to get married. I'm like, I don't remember who it was for me, but I'm pretty sure I felt that for someone at some point when oh, I was yeah. 14. Like I, that, oh, she was just that reading young? it. It yeah. felt familiar. She was in high school. So she had to be somewhere, you know, like 14, 15, 16, something like that. Okay. Because I was picturing like last year of high school. Because that's really like an new type of like way of thinking where you're like, yeah. I'm gonna be the reporter. It, definitely, and it's not just it's not just girls. I I um, actually was obsessed about the uh, the singer Jewel in high oh, school. Jewel's a good one to be obsessed and about. Yeah, she was in, and 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 I'm from San Diego. She was in San Diego, so and she was only like six years older than me. So like, of course, you know, all I have to do is go to a concert of hers, and she'll see me in the crowd, little seventeen year old Brian. You know, be like, oh, who's that nerdy little bald? Well, actually, I wasn't bald then, but nerdy, nerdy classes boy. You know, and like I love him, but yeah, no. So I definitely relate to that yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So my point being, we're all stupid about something. <laughs> Absolutely. No, totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, no, that's good no, stuff. No, but it, it's, um, I have a question, actually. Go for it. I'm oh, maybe more of a statement than a question, but also I have a margarita in me. So no, no, <laughs> the conversation's going to get good. Um, I'm very interested in the way that all the girls in the book are not ugly by any definition of the word no in fact Tsukimi is really pretty so damn cute yeah. I mean she's What's just ugly? adorable and but she wears glasses I know I know and that's the most disgusting ugly thing anybody can do to themselves is wear glasses absolutely and since podcasting is a great um visual media two-thirds of the people on the screen wear glasses and so um anyways it's one of those um it's just one of those things where I think as someone who has really low self-esteem and low self-confidence mm. kind of like what the fuck dude like you're not even ugly you're not you're not weird you're not gross why why you know I 
I mean, maybe I didn't get so much of the reference as like self-hatred as I got like they're self-identifying with gross words. And yeah. so yeah. I just didn't understand like that was written that way because I was just like, no, you're none of you are ugly. None of you are, you know, gross in that way. So why is that? why is that presented that way? Because I think sometimes it can also be like infuriating for someone who does feel very ugly to read something like that. And you're just like, no, you're not ugly. You know, you're wearing glasses and you have long hair. That's not ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is that goes back to that. Oh God, that freaking glasses stereotype, because (laughs) I will go ahead and do like one thing. It's not a freaking huge spoiler. Um, they eventually do uh, like fashion shows for uh, to try to raise money. Like that's the whole, that's, it's not necessarily as far as we read, we read the first two volumes, Uh, but eventually they're doing fashion shows to try to raise money to buy back their, uh, to buy back their house. Um, And the very last fashion show they're get, I mean, they're getting better. There's like this idea of, you know, like we're beautiful. We're just wearing beautiful clothes. There's a very famous, it's one of my most favorite panels in the whole series is like uh, Kuranosuke has just like, he's kind of dresses himself he he puts on a padded bra it's it's like it's just him but with a padded bra so they think he's a woman because you have to be a woman to go in the house (laughs) but it's it's just him and he's like he's got this whole thing this very serious look and he's like put your armor on and this clothes is just your armor but the rest of them it's just them it's kind of just their faces but the thing they're still doing at the last chapter is take off your glasses and it pisses me off yeah there's definitely that princess diaries kind of uh vibe yes to that, yeah with the glasses and the, and the and like fix the hair and like you yeah know, and get glasses and now you're beautiful congratulations you're anna hathaway and you know so um and but uh, so that was that's definitely was something like i was like kind of yeah a little iffy about how it was like oh take yeah all of a sudden you're gorgeous if you take off your glasses like she's all that or you know like those kind of those movies um but at the same time too i thought it was interesting that 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 when Tsukimi had her glasses off uh, maybe because she couldn't see and it's easier to be confident when you can't see everybody but like how like the um that it's it's referenced that she's like almost like a different person she has a different like like she's very much more confident and 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 assure of herself and so maybe not not you know and so so I, I thought that was it you know like what you guys were just saying like how you you self-identify with words and then when you all of a sudden you take one part away that you think is a part of you now you're no longer that word and now you're a different person so I mean it's good and, and that and at least they also she can't see with them on off like they they don't do that thing where she just takes them off and she's beautiful and she can still see (laughs) which is something you do like the glasses do help her see and they don't you know because that's annoying (laughs) yeah no totally and it's funny too because it helps bring the the whole shoe like her her her, like having a crush on shoe thing because she basically like with her bad eyesight thinks that he looks like a 
like a jellyfish. Like a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I was like, yeah, Sandra, this is jellyfish. Oh my God, you guys are twins. And it's like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, also in, in, in this part in the book, when um, when when they're all put on their armor and they go for a test run in the, at the diner and you know, you still get the vibe that they're all kind of uncomfortable, but at the same time, they slowly all, I guess because they just all kind of picture everyone looking and judging them. And if they, if they don't, if they look like the norm, like everybody, and I'm using bunny ears right now, um, then it is like, you know, it, it, they become uh, the entire Amar's group come, becomes more confident in a way. Even the person mm. who hasn't changed their look at all, the, the Komodo assessive you know Chaco. So. yes Chaco. i think Chaco, one of those the manager's daughter yes who who uh, her mom it's kind of like come around full sucker you know there were people obsessed with you know it wasn't bts back then who was it in 2008 i can't remember who it was back then but whoever it was in 2008, there were people obsessed with South Korean boy bands back then. Yes. <laughs> That's who her mom's obsessed with. Somebody in South Korea. And Chiyoko, I just wanted to pinch her cheeks. And she's just <laughs> And I've, okay, the, I'm actually flipping through the book right now. The, um, the main character, Shu's little brother. What's Kira? I cannot going to say. Kuranosuke. Yeah, Kuranosuke, yeah. Um, super hot. Both boy mm-hmm. and girl versions. Uh, thought he was so cute, and I loved so, all uh, his wigs. Yeah, yes. the, the wig. And I, okay, okay, I actually really do. Um, I have people in my family who wear wigs, mm. and so I really did appreciate the love for the wig, and mm. also the price comparisons for the yeah. wig. I was like, oh, that's that's a damn good wig. It was 130 bucks. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's human hair. <laughs> yes. So no, it 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 is a really good, fun read. It's just again, if you are like me and you're an over emotional human being, then sometimes it's it's a little difficult. Yeah, the but. whole thing it- the thing with Kuranosuke's mom, I mm-hmm. think, gets me. I don't know why it isn't so much with Tsukimi's mom being having passed. That doesn't necessarily... I guess I, maybe it's Disney movies uh, growing up, all dead moms all over the place. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But Kuranosuke's mom being taken from him, yeah. that really got me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I That's actually one of the big things I'm interested about reading forward is to see how that you know kind of occurs you know what, what happens in that relationship because yeah it's uh, you know like why are they hiding where she's living from from her son and what you know is it because of her choices is it because of 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 her the family's choices like you know like what is what's going on there and yeah it def- that definitely is is very interesting and also kind of also pairs Tsukimi and Kuranosuke together because they're both because they both write letters to their moms you know what because they're not there right they have that very similar thing in common it's kind of mm-hmm. like one of those things like Tsukimi and Shu are very more similar like personality wise they both have like social issues and 
they have like emotional problems, but <laughs> Kurenosuke and Tsukimi are very much like connected emotionally. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. And there, and I love when, when, I mean, I know it's part of the trope and it's kind of like a cliche, but when Kurenosuke starts kind of crushing on Tsukimi, it's, it's very pure. And it's yeah. very, it's yeah. very genuine, and that makes and it's, he, for a person who pretends to look like what they're not, you know, like like he's a very genuine, upfront, pure, like and and like sweet person, and that's yeah. like a oh. really cool, like character, you know, like mm. I mean, like he, like he's told blatantly by the the housemates that we don't want you here, we hate you, and then she's like. <laughs> okay or he's like i'm gonna bring meat and you guys are all gonna be my friend because i brought expensive meat you know and then didn't be called meat later by one of the, the, the roommates that, was, that is yeah. funny yeah it's, it's pretty awesome you know and so and like it definitely kind of like that i will you know like this is what i this i want to be friends with these people and like he turns down hanging out with his cool friends so that he can hang out with the 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 weird nerdy girls because it's not something that's normal in his life and it's new and it's different and it's fun you know so it was it's pretty pretty fun interesting character you know i did appreciate the panel um where he's he walks in uh, like i think he's reflecting at what happens at the um, aquarium with chu and tsukimi and he's wondering, he's like thinking to himself why he was pissed off about two virgins. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, just really, I think just the way that line's delivered and in the voice I imagine him to have is just really funny. Like, that's why yeah. I was laughing right now, because I'm like, oh, that's really good. Yeah. You know, poor kid. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you think also the the crush on on Tsukimi comes from the fact that he's been viewed as like a beautiful person all his life and essentially had multiple girlfriends and stuff you know like anybody that he wanted essentially was 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 a was a mate of his because of like just how beautiful he was and then Tsukimi because of her social anxiety and issues is like you know off-putting to you know like like is the it's not charmed by him because she can't be in her head charmed by a beautiful person and so the fact that it's someone that he can't just win over with a smile do you think that's also another reason why he has kind of a starts getting a crush on him or her rather somebody different yeah i think that's definitely part of it she's sweet that's definitely part of it the mom issues is definitely part of it i think it changes the longer they're together you know more because you've been you've finished yeah. the series, correct? Yeah. So I'm not gonna say a whole lot, but yes, okay. I, I, I think it definitely changes the longer they're together. I think she liking her definitely has something to do with it too. Okay. Oh yeah, I just actually Lovely. that just occurred to me right now. A little sibling rivalry. Little yeah. sibling rivalry because there's definitely, you know, she has. He doesn't want to be a politician. He doesn't necessarily want what she has, but she does have things that he doesn't have. He doesn't have much of anything except for money. Mm-hmm. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I want to give some love for our very, very sexy, obsessive uh, 
Yoshio, the driver, who's yes. obsessed with cars. Yes. Yeah. And once again, another person who's obsessed with something. <laughs> and just the threat of <laughs> the threat of destroying the car. It's like, oh, I will never tell you the secret about your brother. And like, oh, I'm gonna like scratch your car. Oh, okay. Like there's here's, here we go. It's yeah. kind of like in that part in Austin Powers where like I can only be asked the question three times and I will tell you the answer after three times. You know, it's like you know, no resistance. Yeah, yeah, I like that guy a lot too. That yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every everybody in the series is actually like you call some people normal and some people abnormal. Like the Amars get called weird, but everybody's actually pretty weird. Like the uncle, oh, the, uh, the prime minister, <laughs> the prime minister oh, the yeah. pervert, you know, like, <laughs> oh my god. Who's got a weird crush on his nephew when his yeah. nephew's dressed up like a girl? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and busts into the into the bathroom while he's taking a bath. Like yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. such a weird scene. It is. <laughs> and yeah. he, you can almost imagine when he when uh Kiranosuke stands up and you can you know he's nude, and the uncle's yeah. like, you naughty boy, you can <laughs> hear the inflection in yeah. his yes. voice. <laughs> So weird. And, and he's the leader of the country, you know? It's like Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. <laughs> Don't really know what to say. That feels like that's one of those things. Those characters specifically are one of those things like that's very, very cultural and that's tapping mm -hmm. into something that I do not really understand. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny, but that's connecting to something that I don't get and I don't yeah. know what it is. But... Like the Master Roshi and Dragon Ball kind of vibe, you know, the horny old yeah. man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I know. I Yeah. I'm with you. It's like we know it's a trope, but we don't know exactly why it's a right, trope. Right. Right. <laughs> so. But it's yeah, funny. Totally. Yeah, weird it was good it's funny <laughs> oh, okay. well. it's like oh this beautiful girl yeah that was awesome all right so i think we have kind of gone through everything we want to talk to do you guys have any last thoughts about or anything last things you want to say about princess jellyfish carrie um i think that it's a really good manga to read I don't think it's a good starter manga for anybody. So if anybody's listening to this and would like to jump into the world of uh, manga and that particular term again, Darcy, the Jose, Jose, yeah. Jose manga, um, maybe not Princess Jellyfish. And if you have any problems with being over emotional or it's been a tough week or anything and you're highly sensitive, Again, maybe wait that one out, but yeah, it's it's overall it's um, it's good. I I'm in, I'm enjoying it, and I think I'll continue to enjoy it. And um, uh, don't be like me reading the Wikipedia page because it tells you the entire summation of the whole plot of uh, Princess Jellyfish, and so I do know the ending. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know what Darcy means, but I'm lost in a lot of it. So don't do that. <laughs> read the book or books um for me uh i like it we didn't talk a whole lot about the fashion because a lot of the fashion stuff comes after what we read okay but the fashion stuff is great uh akahiko uh did do like she 
made a lot of her clothes she said when she was younger like that's one of the backups I made a lot of my clothes especially like at the end of volume 17 or whatever uh she made her own skirt she made her own shirt she made her own dresses when she was younger so like a lot of this came from her own life uh so there's a lot of personality in here that's really personal uh the fashion is great the art that comes out of the fashion is incredible just the idea of designing clothes based on jellyfish is pretty fantastic uh, jellyfish are kind of cool. I, I don't jellyfish. know that I, I don't know that I'd be obsessed with them personally, but they're pretty <laughs> pretty to look at. Uh, if you happen to be in Canada and the pandemic ends, uh, the Vancouver, uh, the zoo or aquarium in Vancouver is got a lot of really cool jellyfish in it, and you should awesome. go see it. That's pretty awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah, the um, the Monterey Aquarium used to have a big jellyfish exhibit, and we had visited a couple times. And yeah, no, they're they're very fascinating, and very very beautiful. They're 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 very ethereal, and like you know, mm -hmm. like they shouldn't be part of our world. <laughs> they, you know, like they're very yeah, like little spirits almost. They are. And uh, anyone who's been stung by a jellyfish probably disagrees with me, but. Probably. <laughs> so ethereal, but dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, and no, um, definitely liked the book. I want to read more. I want to I wanna see the fashion and I like the artwork and it's it definitely is, is on my my recommended list as, as someone like I said earlier you know has just a little bit of manga experience I can um like but of course at the same time I have a lot of like Japanese experience you know experience with Japanese stuff at, you know so this wasn't kind of like me just jumping out into the deep end but it was um no it was it was good um I I definitely liked it a lot okay so i think we're gonna to get to the last portion of our show today um our looking forwards as always um darcy do you want to go first with what we're looking to read in the future i will uh i'm going to talk about abbott 1973 number one um it is a boom studios book by saladin ahmed and uh, Sammy Kilva, I think. Um, it is a new series coming out, I think, obviously, as it has the number one in front of it. <laughs> that should be kind of self-evident. But hey, what do I know? Uh, it's actually coming out this week, this week as I'm speaking. It's coming out January 20th, which is a day other things are happening that I'm not going to say much about because yes. God only knows. Uh. <laughs> Read a comic. <laughs> Read a comic. Take care of yourselves. Be careful, et cetera, et cetera. Um, basically, it is kind of like um, a supernatural thriller kind of thing. Uh, takes place in Detroit. Uh, the main character is named it's Abbott. Elena, I think it's Elena, Elena Abbott, uh, which is where, hey, titular, it's where the title uh -huh. comes from. Uh, she is working at a new newspaper, but kind of like her past is coming back to haunt her. Um, and uh, anyone who's like supported the campaign of this new mayor that she kind of like had this 
uh, dealing with in the past, I think, is like being targeted uh, for, uh, I think they're being like killed or something. And like, she's part of this. I, I don't really know much about it beyond that. Like, there's this mystery death coming uh, and she's the newspaper reporter and she's possibly going to die and it's happening in the 1970s. So less technology. So that's exciting. I don't know. No, no, totally. <laughs> oh, and um, she's got powers possibly like she's got to access potential powers. Hmm. No, so that's, that's where the supernatural element comes in. Very cool. No, this is actually on my list as well. Um, I like Saladin Ahmed. I mean, his magnificent Miss Marvel stuff has been great, and his mm. his Miles Morales stuff has been great. So I don't uh, like his Miss Marvel. I'm going to be perfectly honest. Okay. I hate to say it because I like him, but I yeah. don't like his Miss Marvel. His, the first volume of Miss Marvel of his wasn't that good, but after it, it gets better. So if you ever have a chance in time, and you want to read it after okay. the first volume. It gets better. It gets okay. more like the G. Will Wilson original stuff with the friends okay. and everything. Maybe um, I'll do that then because I did stop. Yeah. I got super upset at a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I had the the ultimatum of like if this one last this issue on the first the first issue of the next arc isn't good i'm gonna stop reading it but it was good so i continued okay <laughs> and and but, uh, Sa sammy cavella um did undone by blood which is one of my favorite books of last year as well as the issue or they are the artists i'm not sure so um but yeah they definitely are a um um a, a talent that i like to follow so i definitely want to check this out yeah, it just looks super interesting. The art looks good. I'm kind of here for it. Sounds pretty good. How about you, Carrie? What do you have um, looking forward? I actually received Little Witches by Lee Dragoon um, for Christmas, so I plan on reading that soon. It is a supernatural approach to the story of Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. It's still set in Concord, Massachusetts around um, the Civil War, like the original book, but um, the four March sisters are learning witchcraft. And so, and Marmy is teaching them, although Father March is still a chaplain in the US military. So that should be interesting, a juxtaposition between witchcraft and um, Christianity. And I started flipping through some of the pages and I'm a little intrigued by the artwork because the way that um, Mr. Lawrence and Lori are drawn for, for anybody who's read the original book, I'm obsessed with it. I collect copies of it. It's my, it's my palate cleanser between terms for school or for work or whatever. So I read it constantly. Um, the way Lori's character is described is he's actually half Italian. So he's supposed to be a darker skinned, curly haired person, which um, is never ever portrayed in any visual media adaptation of Little Women. And um, that definitely got uh, Greta Gerwig some flack for the way she casted uh, Lori, just saying I won't watch that adaptation at all. But um, the way that it's um, illustrated in this particular book is that um, Mr. Lawrence and Lori are drawn to look like African-American men, which is, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm just kind of interested to see where that approach is going, 
especially during the Civil War. I think I know, again, I consider myself to be a very intelligent a pers- person, apparently, because I think I know where it's going, but I do not know. So um, they, it's, yeah, it's actually really interesting. I wish I could actually show you guys, again, um, not great for <laughs> like a listening medium, but if anybody looks at it and wants to DM or email uh, uh, podcast because I, I always think it's CBD that because <laughs> I put those two letters, but get a hold of this podcast and tell me what your take, let these hosts know what the, your take is because I'm very curious to see where the story goes. Apparently Lee Dragoon is going to make a several issue arc of this story. So it's not just this one volume and it's going to be the story of the four March sisters learning witchcraft and living next door to um, Mr. Lawrence and Lori as they usually do. I actually don't want to give away more than that because it's actually a big part of the plot. So looks good. We shall see. I, very interesting. I, yeah, I think love so. little women. So that's very interesting. Do you really? I, who doesn't, honestly? <laughs> a lot Crazy of women. People. A lot of women do not like this book and a lot of women of color do not oh, like well, that this makes book. sense. Um, as a woman of color who grew up with most like all brothers, um, yeah. I really appreciated the story of little women um, growing up. And again, mm-hmm. even though it has um, familial deaths in it, mm-hmm. uh, I got that children's abridged version. I don't, Mm. Darcy, you're probably way too young to remember, but um, there was a line of children's books that stopped before anything bad happened. And they were super bright, colorful um, hardcovers. And it was like the Velveteen Rabbit and, um, and Little Women. And so it just stopped right before any major death happened. Because for the longest time, I didn't know I thought she lived so it wasn't until I got older that I read the full book I'm like oh crap Beth dies and so do Beth yes oh crap I'm sorry yes (laughs) it's okay but it's um it's definitely one of those uh books that I think is divisive which I find very interesting so yeah I did watch the Greta Gerwig movie you're not missing anything yeah. costuming was terrible really oh my god oh no that's a gorgeous Holy that's a gorgeous time mm-hmm. gosh costuming was bad costuming was bad oh wow. yeah i thought the you know acting of the of the young was was pretty good um it's okay but, yeah but yeah because I, I, mean, I do like you know shirshi ronin and, and timothy chalamet and Florence Pugh and whatnot and so like I I appreciate their their work on in that in the movie um but it was and but I feel very bad that I have never read the book and I've been married to someone who loves this book for 15 years and I haven't read it when I start my little women podcast I expect you to be on there I will <laughs> well, I will, I will be on there. I, awesome, yeah, no, totally. Um, also, um, I will uh, find um, some of the artwork, and uh, I and we're going to announce it after at the end of this podcast. But uh, oh, we have an Instagram page now, and I'll I'll post some of the, the artwork on the Instagram page so that you can all all see what what Carrie's talking about. Sounds good. 
Send it to me. I'll put it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, All right, Brian. What are you looking forward to? Looking forward to. Um, I have on my list. Um, on my list, I have Crimson Flower by uh, Matt Kent and uh, Matt Lesanuski. Uh, yep, I'm talking about another Matt Kent book. I, I, um, I definitely like the stuff that he that he writes. Um, it is a new new story that's coming out. Uh, it is. It kind of gives me a Black Widow kind of vibe to it. Um, it is. Um, it. The way it's described is that it's a it's a mind-altering journey through Russian folktales, trained assassins, and government conspiracies. And I'm a fan of folktales. I like trained assassins. Well, reading about them, not meeting them. Um, and uh, government conspiracies. Uh, obviously, I think we've kind of talked a little bit about that stuff earlier. So definitely, no, um, this definitely seems like a book for me. I um, In that, I trust. You know, like I will definitely read his stuff uh when it comes out uh, and and uh go from there you know um so it's coming out from um it is being released by um by excuse me by dark horse comics so and i know dark horse has done um I, they did department h right is that correct sure yeah <laughs> well yes, i know did. they've worked i know really worked with kids in the past as well so i, I definitely <laughs> don't make me say no. that i don't remember that was a long <laughs> no, time no ago <laughs> <laughs> no 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 worries um not to put anyone on the spot <laughs> i apologize um all right but yeah no totally um i i was trying not to i was trying to 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 be a little more broad in my recommend you know my looking forwards and my recommendations and and stuff but yeah, another Matt Kent book. It looks like it's definitely a book that I'm excited about. We like what we like. You can't help it. Exactly. I mean, I guess you can, but you know, you like what you like. <laughs> That's all. I- <laughs> all right. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> okay, so all right. Well, it's we got- been a hard month. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, it's all in. I completely understand, and I appreciate that we're all here and we're all semi-sane still after 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 kind of you know chewing our nails to the at least for me chewing my nails to the to the quick and just Mm. wondering what the heck's gonna happen and and Mm. people are gonna be held accountable for what they've done um you know what really quick just because you've mentioned it you know it's it's really in i mean since we live together and you and i talk a whole lot um Mm -hmm. it's actually really really difficult and I'm just going to say this to talk about the most recent events. Hmm. I have, it's, I've noticed that tempers are flaring and emotions are rising just even within immediate families. Um, I can say that for Brian and I. Um, so I'm just going to thank you guys for having me on here because it's a nice diversion and it's, not something that is as triggering as everything has been recently so it's it's nice so thank you I had a margarita (laughs) I got to I got to hang out so thanks I got to read it's been a good time yeah no pleasure because I mean that's you know uh, we're getting in going into fictional worlds you know besides you know having cathartic 
stuff in it <laughs> you know but it also is the kind of you know as a form of escapism so and sometimes we need a lot of escapism you know <laughs> there is that... sometimes we need a lot of escapism let to... me tell you that's get, accurate get find the nearest spaceship and just launch into <laughs> go to the moon <laughs> for a little while uh but all right I do have a request of yes. your of your podcast and mm. for anybody absolutely not and for <laughs> for anybody listening this is for maybe some of us as well other people mm. um it'd be really cool for you guys to sort of dissect mm. how someone again on the periphery of comics where the comic book that we know in the states may not be the easiest medium medium to adapt to it'd be nice to have like a starter list and i'm not saying big two i'm not saying spider-man i'm not saying batman i'm not saying any of that because i think that's still not easy and i don't think it's that fun sometimes sorry um it's not i agree (laughs) but i i do think that it would be cool to have sort of like those discussions on here because there are people like me who our experiences with comics have been filled with gatekeeping Mm. and with um just really ugly memories inside a comic book store when you're trying yes. to buy comics and girl yes people want to know what your favorite comic book character from this comic strip or comic strip with this comic book is and mm-hmm. you only know batman you're a fucking dork or whatever mm-hmm. i mean oh you love batman I, name three batman yeah name your favorite batman like yeah. or name your favorite robin or name your yeah. favorite whatever and it's just like i don't have to prove or, this to you yeah name your favorite author of a batman's what was your favorite batman run that kind of shit is yes. so hurtful yes. and disgusting and it keeps yes. people like me who are closeted nerds who mm-hmm. don't want to be it like who want to like something so bad but we can't do it because mm-hmm. it's not for us yep. you know um like I mean I lurk on a lot of the same Facebook pages that you guys do and I've made mentions of like crying when I see Miles Morales mm-hmm. because he's a kid of color and he's just so freaking awesome it's the first Spider-Man that I've ever really loved and his story is the first story I've ever really loved of Spider-Man so if you guys can not curate but just have kind of like honest dialogue about things like that that would be really opening and welcoming to people like me again who want to get into comics and we don't know how and it's just it's really kind of like I had actually pitched this idea to Brian quite a while ago um I had wanted to come on and just talk about comics in the sense that I am a noob I want to get into it how do I do that um I don't like comic book stores. I don't like most male fans of comics. No offense mm-hmm. to anybody who listens hey. to this. It's just, nope, I'm it's here just with kind, you. It's just kind uh, of like too. the vibe I get. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quick sidebar, the only times that I would go buy comics physically on my own was when um, Brian and I were first dating. So back in 2005 and at my local comic book store, I would get, I had to dress up and dress cute 
to get good customer service. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go. But schlubby. then they, but oh. then they give you crap for dressing cute. You're not a real, yeah. 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 You're not a real, but I, I got my, asked for my phone number, mm. you know, and it's and just that's why those... you went there, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, get... exactly. Cause yeah. I was just trying to find all sorts of really great men. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, it's just one of those things that was kind of like damned if you do damned, if you don't. Mm-hmm. So totally, it, you know, maybe as this podcast continues, that's something you guys can broach because I think it's, especially now is when we're trying to be more empathetic and welcoming and honoring different people and what, you know, who they are and, you know, everything. I think it's really important to be as embracing of the communities as possible and to be like, Hey, these are great books about whoever, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but I think it's a really important thing to dive into. So I I request that humbly maybe in the next uh, seasons or so. I am fully here for it. I know there was, I'm totally here for that beginner's list dialogue. It's perfect. I'm here for a dialogue on comic book stores being awful. <laughs> there, Kevin Smith did a whole thing a long time ago where he talked about comic book stores as being this dark cave, cave-like place because it's a safe haven for people and it's just not it's a safe haven for this one really specific type of people Mm -hmm. and if you're not that one specific type of people uh aka carry you (laughs) (laughs) maybe me yeah it's really just not it's a terrifying place and i think um i my local comic book shop used to be dark and cave luck cave-like and horrifying and it's really not anymore I went away for 10 years and came back and it's (laughs) huge and they they move locations it's huge it's bright it's open they kind of separated the tabletop games from the uh books where the books are and it's like they made the the women work there now holy crap Uh, (laughs) like whoever's running it now like I think made a real concerted effort to make it welcoming to women uh they made a concerted effort to put out young adult comics in the front they made a concerted effort to put out manga like you have to make a real effort to be welcoming yeah and if you do that it's a real welcoming space and and, but the comic book shop has to do that yeah they absolutely they absolutely do um, again, funny sidebar, uh, one of the very last wonder cons Brian and I go like went to, I think was in 2019. It was 2019. Um, yes. it was 2019. Um, Brian, I, I have a hard time socially and I have a hard time um, with large crowds. So I get, uh, I tend to get really nervous. Um, so Brian was going to go battle the masses and get autographs and pictures and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna th- like the, uh, tabletop gaming area was really open and very spacious and well lit and I was like cool they're having open play I want to learn how to play d and I'm just going to go up to the people and ask if I can watch people play like I don't want to participate I just want to watch a game unfold because I need like the visual right so I Brian takes off I go over to this older gentleman at the tabletop gaming um, station and there's a dad and a young son in front of me the man asks if I'm with them. And I say, no, sir, I'm by myself. He helps the gentleman in front of me. I hear, and then 
they take off and I go up to the guy and I'm like, sir, I'd like, and I explain the whole thing. You have to enter ma'am. And there's no space for you. I'm sorry. You're going to have to step out because you can't be here right now. And I was like, really? There's a, there's empty tables. Like, is there a game starting up? Like, I just want to watch. I'm, I mean, I'll pay a fee if I have to, but like, I really just want to watch as we're having this conversation, two dudes who you know, are much younger than me. They're like probably in their early twenties, come up to the guy and ask for the, he stops talking to me. He talks to the men. They ask for the same damn thing. And he's like, okay, no problem. There's a table over there. You guys are more than welcome to watch. And I look at the guy and I'm like, I literally just asked for the same fucking thing and you won't do it for me. And then he was just like, well, ma'am, there's no space for you. And I, again, I'm an emotional person. I started crying. Like I was just that pissed. And I went to the, like, to the outside and there was a table of men, probably late teens to early thirties, openly mocking me for crying because I wasn't allowed to play. And I, I mean, I was texting Brian. I was trying to call him. I was so upset just because it was in that moment that again, as a woman in my late thirties, I was kind of, and I, I felt stupid and I felt really dumb in that moment for crying because I was like, wow, I still feel like a little kid not being allowed to be a part of something cool. Like it just really hit an emotional chord with me. And the fact that I'm this age and we're in this year and blah, blah, blah. And we still can't have nice things like that and be welcomed into that space I mean I was so upset and the guy tried to come back to talk to me and let me know to go to like the hospitality suite at the local Marriott or whatever for at, like night. A late, at night for a, yeah. a late night gaming session and I literally was just like fuck off I'm not I'm never doing this again so it's it's one of those things that I think a lot of people, I think, I think those things happen to a lot of us and we, we maybe share it in a small circle, but I think at the same time, it's one of those things that people still need to know that, and again, this is trivial in the state of the world as it is right now, but these types of things will create feelings in people to where that has a domino effect. It's like, yes. oh, this isn't for me, then a through e is not for me and then those right. people are going to be stifled and i think that's really unfortunate no no totally i mean i obviously don't you know the, i don't get a victim of, of gatekeeping often um because of what i look like and what i appear to be and so like i i never really experienced it firsthand but i can i hate it I've always hated it, especially obviously if it happens to someone that I love, obviously I hate it even more. But um and and I've I've left multiple comic book shops um throughout my comic book reading career <laughs> or comic book reading life, um, because I see how they're they treat like women or treat like people of color or people who are not the white male between 20 and 40, you know, like you know it's like come on you know the the only way that this niche group, like genre is going to survive is if we get more fans and you can't be accepting which fans you want you you know it's like 
everyone it's comic comics deserve better and people deserve to read comics <laughs> you know it's like that's kind of you know like how i how i feel you know so it, basically yeah it sucks it really does and it very much sucks and, it, and it's something that like the with the the material that's coming out now it's so much more diverse and a lot more voices are being heard which is great and so something like that happening two years ago in 2019 i i didn't think that you know like almost like i was kind of like ignorant of like thinking that oh that that won't happen like this is like a this is WonderCon and it's a big place and there's a lot of people there's there's people of color um cosplaying as wonder woman and they're not all female and you know so this is a definitely a welcoming and diverse place but yet something happens like like this and just totally ruins that whole vibe so it's stupid <laughs> It only takes one person being oh, awful yeah. to just completely ruin a vibe. Mm-hmm. It really yeah, does. Totally. And their gatekeeping assholes are everywhere. Yeah. I was Easy. in the process of talking to Dustin Nguyen when this happened. And I was very happy to be talking to him. But then when I found <laughs> out what was happening while that while this was going on, I was very much taken aback. Okay. Well, um, no, I, I'm all for it. And I feel as like the stuff that like we choose i think part of it at least for me when i choose something is like i want i like to choose things that are kind of like different voices different you know like diversity in it so that that like oh like you know you you want to check out comics but you you know like everyone's talking about batman superman and and like superhero comics like oh no like you like crime like movies like crime tv shows hell like here's here's criminal by dead Brewbreaker. you know like you know like there's there's genres for everybody and those a lot of those genres and a lot of those voices are kind of not heard on a lot in a lot of multimedia when it comes to comics because of the popularity of DC and Marvel. And yes, there is a lot of diversity in DC and Marvel itself nowadays, but you know, superhero is a genre still, even if it's a superhero crime book, a superhero noir book or something, you know, or like mystery or something like that, it's still a superhero. And that can be a hump that a lot of people can't get over because, because they didn't grow up with it. You know, they didn't grow up with the tights and the capes and stuff. So Ooh. You know, so so that's uh, comics are for everyone. You know, like and it should be at least. So I'm all for kind of trying to find gateways for people to get away from the geek, the gatekeepers. So go buy Magic Fish and read a romance yes! fairy tale. My number one trade paperback of uh, <laughs> 2020. That was great. But all right, well, I think we're gonna come to a close here. Um, now, um, Darcy, where could we find you on the World Wide Webs? On the World Wide Webs, <laughs> that fantastic thing they did not have back in 1992 when you could actually stalk people in person. <laughs> uh, you can find me at books underscore serial on Twitter uh, or at uh, uh where I will be covering uh I think Princess Knight, Osamu Tezuka's original uh, shoujo manga. Very cool. That's very, very cool. From 1950, I think like four or something. Oh, that's rad. Now, Carrie, you don't have any uh, social media to 
No, Two. sorry guys, I'm a lurker. <laughs> I already know everybody I know, so. <laughs> but you can... if you have a random page, I probably visit it under um, a different handle than what. I mean, I just like to be off the grid, guys. When the world <laughs> explodes, can... yep. I'm. I don't even go by a real name online. I'm off the grid. I have burner phones, burner accounts. I have multiple passports. I'm in some kind of other country other than the U.S. As of the twentieth, I'm gone. Bye, guys. Carrie's the born identity. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If you want to get in touch with her, <laughs> yeah, you can message one of seventeen me. numbers. Yeah. you're wel- <laughs> you're welcome to message us at CB. <laughs> at cdb pod on twitter if you'd like to talk and about we're happy to we're happy to carry a message forward uh, no, totally. cdb or um burner phone accounts or um, we can talk about lots of stuff that's if, great thank you into guys. the first three digits of a phone number and then you'll be text <laughs> uh, four digits last four digits and then you can talk to to carrie but never refer to her as carrie on the phone or she'll no. hang up not um, even my <laughs> real name <laughs> <laughs> no okay so um but yeah um message message us if you want to talk to to carrie i i definitely can convey the message to her she's usually next to me when i'm on my phone so um and um so the the podcasts actually well first mine uh i have um brygen 2814 for twitter and uh brygen underscore cb for instagram uh the podcast um you can get a hold of us uh, either at comics deserve better at gmail.com uh and twitter you can uh get us at cdb pod same with uh instagram um as message us uh send us uh, send us questions if you want us to answer any questions on the podcast going forward you know we can more than happy do it just just send us it you know as well as if you go to um comics or better.wordpress.com yeah, there is the contact section which has all these all this information in, it in case you're driving right now and you can't write anything down um please don't write anything down while you're driving and um you can also suggest a topic as well uh when you're there so um and we will read them i and uh and we'll we might cover it in the future so send us messages send us uh suggestions and also review um if you're using apple podcasts you can review in the app so you know give a get us on the algorithm you know like uh let let other people know about us so that we can open those gates that everyone is trying to keep closed so I think that's it. Uh, well, we've come to a close. You guys all have a good evening or day whenever you're listening to this. And thank you for listening to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I've been Brian. Bye. Bye. Uh, and I've been Darcy and Carrie as well. And you guys all have a good evening or day. Bye-bye.